Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and today we are very excited to be speaking with Leonard Shiner. Leonard has been helping law firms, attorneys, and professional service business owners for the past decade with a focus on developing their brands, marketing for new clients, and predictably growing their their revenues and online authority for his clients, who have earned millions of dollars worth of new business as a result of Leonard's frameworks and tactics. Today, Leonard is the CEO at Ecouse, a law firm marketing, branding, and public relations agency based in Los Angeles. Leonard, welcome. We are uh, very happy to be speaking with you. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. It's nice to hear. Thank you. We're glad to have you. Uh, My first question to you is going to be pretty much the same question I asked the first time we spoke. Why lawyers? Why law firms? I actually get that question uh, a lot, Mike. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's always some connotations that people have with with uh, the group of people that are attorneys, and um, you know, we 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 work for an interesting group of people. But I think that every business owner would have the same thing to say about their clients or customers, right? So, uh, why lawyers? Why attorneys? Why law firms? For myself, it was very early on when I was actually years ago in undergrad. I took an internship at a law firm and. I I saw how law really touches every corner of our life. So whether you're getting into a relationship or you're getting out of a relationship or it's related to finances and you're making a lot of money and we're we're talking about tax law or you're not making much money and we're talking about bankruptcy or basically anything in between, law is a part of it. So when I was thinking about why I wanted to help people and really what I wanted to do in the world, I thought, okay, so I need to help people that help people because then I can sit at the center of a very humble network of growth and really extend out those legs. And so uh, law firms are my main focus, but we also help real estate agents and doctors and therapists and uh, construction company CEOs, and really where it's the personal brand of the individual, and we're selling that expertise, or we're we're deploying that expertise in the sales or the the business process. And so I thought the best way for me to be able to help the most people is to help lawyers initially, who help then help other people. Um, but I absolutely loved how every corner of our lives is touched by law. So that that was really the the initial interest to get into that area. That's a good answer. And full disclosure for our listeners, I I am a real estate attorney. So I have one foot in that world, if not two. So I I know what it's like to be an attorney. I know how, uh, let's just say, how the mindset of many attorneys. And the second piece of that is that it can be a very regulated field in terms of how, when, and why you can market. So uh, that was kind of my, I thought back uh, to that question. And I'll circle back to some of that stuff, but I want to highlight what you said, because it's really, uh, I think it's an, they're excellent points. The first being that, you know, even as uh, an internship or an extension of school, you realize that the law, for better or worse, does touch uh, all 
not all, many aspects of our life, personally and professionally, and being able to navigate those challenges, not if, but when they come up, uh, is important to us in those fields. So you've seen that at a young age, uh, I think was a good experience, and it probably uh, informs a lot of what you do and how you do it. And uh, tying together other professional and personal services that are, are tied to personal brands, I, I think is smart uh, from being able to use some of the same frameworks in, in that marketing. Uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll go there. When, when you say personal brand or a brand of uh, an individual, how are, how are you bringing that to life and how do you help your clients kind of get that, that voice or get that picture to their, their prospective clients? It's an interesting question, especially in the world that we live in today, where everything is so social media driven or content driven and content can be in lots of different forms. It can be written or audio or visual. And so really, when we're looking at how is a professional going to craft their personal brand, we're really tapping in and, and digging into what is most natural for them. If they are very comfortable on camera, fantastic. If they are very comfortable in written form, great. We want to get their expertise out of them in the most natural way possible because that's going to be the best. If you can do a great video, great. We can transcribe that. We can do a blog post. If you can do a great uh, blog post, great. We can then create a script and put you on camera or we can have someone from your team do it. But Getting their expertise out of them in, in the most natural way is is really one of our threads that is that is a foundational part of branding for someone. And almost as equally as important to that, we look at the other side, which is uh, the external side. So how are we going to serve our target customers or clients with our personal brand? Our personal brand is supposed to be there kind of as like a celebrity status of sorts for our ideal customer or client. So how do we put ourselves on a humble pedestal of being able to um, you know, represent ourselves that way? So, yeah. I, I, one, one thing that has kind of jumped out at me at both of your answers is the gen, genuine service to clients and customers that you want to help the people that you're working with and a lot of the businesses that that's the business that they're in. So being able to put themselves on that pedestal, and I like the, the uh, qualifying their humble because sometimes it's more difficult than, uh, than can be, can be, uh, when we can try to do that. Uh, but to say that we're an expert at providing this service that you probably can't do on your own because of the nature of the business. Um, with that, um, you've got practitioners who are, I want to use the word siloed, but they are very engrossed in, in what they do every day. And what you're doing is, well, not a spin on that. It is is amplifying and putting a spotlight on what they do. And it might not be their strength. So they might like doing videos or they might like writing blog posts, but probably is concerning the work that they're doing. How do you kind of help them be more comfortable by putting themselves out there? Yeah. So, I mean, as a fun fact, I, I, uh, Real estate law was an area that I focused in. A lot of my work was in civil litigation within a real estate firm. And so as part of that, I also went and got my real estate license, right? Not active, uh, or actually it is active, but I don't actively use it at all. I'm not a real estate agent. That's not my trade, but I had it because I worked inside of a firm like that, right? And so 
even myself, I was trying to do things that would provide me with a more well-rounded knowledge base for being in that area. Even though I was just marketing in that area, it was still a different perspective on the same same topics. So um, I'm going to ask you, what re-ask your question because I really want to tap into that and answer it directly. Of course. No, I th- thank you for the uh, the intro there. The, what I was kind of asking about, and I was uh, rambling, so no no worries that I can answer part of the question. Um, but you're working with professionals who are kind of engrossed in what they do, doing it day after day. So they might be comfortable doing videos, being on camera, writing articles, but it might be more about what they do or the, the kind of the nuts and bolts of their work, where you're looking to have them uh, script or have a message out to their ideal clients? How do you kind of bring that out of them to kind of refocus or to change a little bit about how they do those things? So when we're looking at a personal brand, I am always focused on how are we monetizing that personal brand versus how are we just building it? Because anyone can build a brand and it can look great, but you can dump a lot of money into a brand and not see much return unless you know what you're doing and you've got a good strategy in place. So, I mean, first off, I would say when we're looking for um, content ideas or how we bring that out of someone, so we look at two buckets. First bucket is competitive, right? So what are your competitors talking about? If you want someone to hire you for X, right? So for your audience, it would mostly be, I want people to hire me to list their home or to help them find a home. Or and and I want it in this geographic area, right? So they're going to hire someone. They're going to hire another agent to do that. So how do we position you as the leading agent in that geographic area? So let's look at the topics that your next best competitors are talking about on their social, on their blog, on any platform that we can do research on. So we want to reach research and speak about the things that our competitors are talking about. Why? Because our competitors are talking about them. And if they're talking about it, we need to be talking about it too. But the second part, remember I, I mentioned this is two parts. So the first is the competitive side. And then once we have checked off all those boxes to a decent extent, now we're focused at really niching you into what's unique. So we're going to lay that foundation and then we're going to build a unique house on top of it. Are house foundations unique? No, they're all kind of the same, right? They're all cement. So the foundation is pretty step one, two, three in terms of building that. But when we're looking about building a unique house, we need to find what makes you unique. So that's when we look at the second bucket or the second phase And that's your cornerstone content. So that is going to be, what do you hear most from your potential clients or your actual clients? What do you hear from them? What are the questions? What are the topics? What are we seeing in the news that's trending, right? So we're obviously focused on being able to do this and spin the wheel very much so on your own or within your own team or maybe with a VA, right? So content, blogs, copyright, most of that can be done in-house, of course, Outsourcing it is is uh, sometimes good to leverage that, but it's not just in developing the competitive content or the cornerstone content. The next step to that is what most people can't do on their own, which is really where I come in and help. And that is getting attention 
from the media onto what you're doing. And it's not, no one cares that you opened your own firm or that you opened your own team or your own, you know, brokerage. No one cares. With love, no one cares. But we can take that same event and figure out what is juicy there and what's newsworthy. And people do care about that. So it can be the same story. We just need to put it in a different package. So that's really what I look at uh, when starting with someone to understand their personal brand, pull it out of them, and then start differentiating them, making them unique, and then monetizing that. Because ultimately, we're all here to make revenue and money in our lives. That's an excellent answer. The two things I want to highlight up front, the visual with the foundation needing to be strong, but it's going to be similar across the board for the most part when you have those frameworks, but building that unique house upon them, that that's where you have the opportunity to differentiate. And that's where people um, who do it right, do it right, ultimately, because, you know, you want to build, if you build a, a different foundation, that's a little trickier and probably not going to work out for the long run. That's a great visual. And the second is the monetization of the brand. You can build the most beautiful, the, uh, you know, the, the get a lot of eyeballs, but if it's not resulting in business for your business, is that really serving the purpose? Because I think that's where people get lost that it's, you know, I got this many views, this many likes, but you're not creating content or material for likes and views. Ultimately it's to reach somebody who needs your help. So I think that's an excellent thing to keep front and center. Um, you bring up the media attention and it goes hand in hand with you, with something else you talked about, the um, outsourcing or hiring other experts in other areas to leverage your time, leverage what you're doing, because um, we can all do these things to some degree of success. But if we are really good at some things and outsource others, we probably have a greater level of success. So I'm rambling again, but my question is going to be, where you're taught, where you discuss, I love media, it. <laughs> where you discuss media attention, where you discuss being able to get in front of the right client, make sure that the service is a good fit there. Um, how are you, are you looking for your clients to help you figure out who their ideal client is? They want to work more with the people they're working with, or are you helping them kind of say with the services you have, here's a pocket that might be underserved or they're not, uh, they don't know that you exist yet. And here's how we're going to do it. It's a little bit of both, I would say. So there are clients that I work with and they very much so know who their ideal client is, who their target client is. And in that respect, it's great because it kind of shortcuts our conversation into, okay, that is who you want to serve. Now we're focused on how do we serve them? Like what's the offer, right? How do we over deliver to them? But for someone who doesn't know who they serve, on the surface, that might be true. But if we speak a little bit, I've I I think I'd ha I'd be hard pressed to to think of one person who at the basis didn't know truly who they serve. And what's usually in the gap there is a little bit of our own personal mental blockage uh, in, in a limiting belief of well, I want I help these people because those are the people that I've helped, but I really want to help this other group, but I don't believe in myself enough to be able to go after those people. And so sometimes that's our conversation. And yes, I've had that conversation with lawyers. I've had that conversation with uh, real estate agents. I've had that conversation with um, college deans. I've had that with with up and down, right? So it, whether you're a, a novice or you, you're a veteran, 
the conversation about a limiting belief is not absent always because we always have another level and at another level is that other hurdle that we get to knock down and accomplish. But um, we're really looking at how do we serve them at a higher level? So if they know already who it is, it shortcuts it. But if we need to go in and understand that, it's usually just pressing in. It, it's who have you who you spoke with before. And, you know, sometimes it comes down to the question of what do you enjoy? Who do you enjoy working with the most? And then just doing more of that. It's easier to do more of what you're already doing versus differentiating and trying to do something else. So sometimes we look, which I'm sure is a lot of what you focus in on is systems and operations and how can that be streamlined, right? So I'm worried about targeting them and, and serving those people. And then, you know, someone like you would take over and actually implement that inside their firm. Yeah, I really like that answer as far as the development of a niche or an IDO or core client that, yes, it might be who you're working with and we can do more of that, but then also asking or instead asking, but who do you like to work with? Is it possible to do more business there, either more of more with the clients you have or build or find more of those clients and do it more often? So I think that's a great strategy. Uh, I wrote down limiting beliefs because um, I'm fascinated by the topic in general, I get to talk to a lot of amazing uh, coaches, consultants, people who are top in their field and work with clients uh, with you know, professional services. But a lot of our conversation bleeds into, well, when I work with my client, we're talking about personal things. We're talking about blocks that are not branding or content. Uh, so it sounds like you do a little bit of that as well. And how are you helping clients when it might be mindset or it might be something that really is not what they hired you for in a contract, but it's imperative that it gets resolved to get the results you're looking for? Sure. People are constrained in their minds, just like when you tie up a baby elephant to a rope and you know you tie them very early in their age, they can't break free from the rope. But then you've got this full-grown elephant who still thinks that this really tiny rope can hold them because that's all that they've known. And so when we're reaching new levels in our lives, as an adult, we don't have a coach there telling us, hey, you're doing okay. Hey, you can level up, right? When you're young and you're a kid, you've got your parents there. When you are doing athletics, you've got a coach there who can coach on that. When you're in a nine to five, you've got a manager or a mentor who's coaching on that. When you are in your family, you have, without a doubt, a feedback loop all the way around you because they're not going to put up with anything that they don't want to put up with, right? Because they're your family and they'll give you that candid feedback. But where do we get that feedback in our business? Usually, if we're at the top and if we're an entrepreneur, we're usually solo CEOs or CEOs, and there's not much of a, a feedback opportunity from those colleagues or you know peers, we could say. So when you're at the top, how do you regulate yourself? Well, it's usually regulated by your mind. And so in what I do, I'm working with founders. I'm working with the solopreneur. I'm working with the CEOs of small teams, right? I've worked with Fortune 500 companies before, and it's very different. It's very different working with a Fortune 500 company versus working with someone who's in business for themselves, running a boutique firm, 
running some outfit that is largely driven by them, their mood, their personality. Here's the question that we can ask ourselves if you're questioning whether you're the one kind of running yourself, your own show like a CEO. Is the culture of your company influenced by you 100%? And if it is, then you know that you're in the most influential space. If I'm having a bad day, which is hopefully never, but I know that my entire team would be affected by that because it's how I'm leading my day. It's how I'm showing up. It's how I'm working through problems. If they see me getting freaked out about things that happen, what does that tell them, right? So I'll I'll get 911s from my team and I'm like, this isn't really a 911. Like, I can understand why you might think that, but here's why it's not. And so it's a training process, but the same thing happens with clients. So I know if I'm marketing for a client or if I'm branding for a client, or if I'm working to get them secured in the media and get them on TV or get them interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, right? You're put in situations that you could be uncomfortable with. Actually, I think you would be kind of crazy if you're not uncomfortable with some of those situations. So not only am I here as, you know, yes, your agency, but I really take on the role of a multiple hats, one of them being a fractional CMO, because it's not just the single campaign I'm doing, but it's like, what's the rest of your marketing budget look like? What the, what are the sales activities that you're doing? So it would actually be irresponsible of me not to take on that fractional CMO hat to some degree. So that's always something that we speak about. And then one of the other roles that I take on is somewhat of a mindset coach. Because if I'm asking you to do things outside of your mind, it's not a transaction, right? I give you this, or I ask you to do this, and you it's just predetermined the steps that we take. No, instead, I am running with you across the finish lines because I know that you would get stuck on your own. So to unstick you and unhook you from some of the patterns that have kept you where you are, I get to coach you throughout that process. And so with nearly all of my clients, we have that understanding that I might not tell you what you want to hear, but I'm going to tell you what gets you the results that you're looking for. I absolutely love it. I wrote down three things and I'm sure I've missed some, but I just want to highlight some excellent points that you put there. The one to start with the end is that they're hiring you to be their marketing partner and you're going to run with them. But in part of that, you're going to push them out of their comfort zone and Part of that partnership is, yeah, I'm going to be here when I push you into that uncomfortable space because I want you to get where you want to go. And that's how that change, that's how that uh, progression takes place. That's a, that's a great visual, along with the first vision I wrote down, the elephant tied to the rope. Uh, that's brilliant <laughs> because that's we've heard that and that's that's a good way to think of these things. And the last point I want to highlight, the feedback loop, that it's important that if we are that solopreneur or we are running a business where we don't have feedback built in or we're... Um, those that work with us are afraid or we don't have a mechanism to provide it, we need to change that so to make sure that we are getting the the mentoring and, and the uh, the critiquing when necessary for, for, for change. So love that answer, absolutely. Uh, we're coming up on time here, so somehow uh, quick more quickly answer. Um, outside of working with you, we've talked about the, kind of the big uh, issue is building a brand that is not considering being monetized. What are some ways that people are making mistakes when they market or when they brand? Ways that people are making mistakes when they market. So starting with what 
you want as the CEO versus what your clients are asking for, I think is is one of the best pieces of marketing advice I've probably ever heard. And now it just seems so fundamental in what I do in my practice. But that was very big in in you know the the early days of my my profession. And so really serving the clients because ultimately those are the one those are the people that are making the decisions. And so that's kind of straight off. And then uh, in terms of uh, making what other what other um, issues that I, I guess everything really comes back to that. It's really serving of themselves. If you're creating TikTok videos or you're creating YouTube videos or you're creating a vlog or you're creating blogs or you're creating whatever it might be. The intention that you have to go when you go in with that is going to influence everything downstream. So if I go into the intention of, okay, I want to go and do this workshop so I can get clients, or I want to go do this Facebook live and spam everyone with my contact info so that I can get new clients or, or new listings or what the, whatever that might look like based on what you do. That is the wrong intention. And you're going to feel slimy when you're doing it. So instead of leading with that intention, why don't you think to yourself, okay, that would be a lovely byproduct. And that is my intention as a byproduct. We're not going to lie, right? If we're showing up, if we're going to a networking event, why are we doing that? So we can network, so we can generate new contacts and new leads, right? We're not confused about that. And any sales coach or any business coach that tells you that you're not trying to make money, I would question why they are your coach, right? So we're not hiding that. But at the basis of it, when I do a workshop, it is a give. I want people to leave that workshop knowing information, having learned details that they can implement right away so that they say, wow, that was really implementable. Wow, I took action. And then they follow me or they stay tuned because guess what? I'm going to be telling more things that you can implement too. If at some point that leads to hiring, great. Some people are going to fit that, but others, they're just going to benefit from what we do. So true that the purpose of those settings, it should be a give, should be a, it should be altruistic. This should be beneficial. Yes. We understand the setting that ideally if a business relationship comes to this wonderful, but if that's the first uh, priority. It's gonna. It's it's going to be very apparent to everybody involved, and you're probably not gonna get the results that you want. They're gonna feel dirty. You're gonna feel disappointed, and that, that's a great answer. And starting with the first point you said, when it comes to marketing uh, content, th- that I think bleeds into your service or product. That sometimes people build services and products for something that they want, something that they want to do. But if there isn't an end user, a customer, a client for it, then you know it's not serving any purpose. So. You, know, you kind of run in the same area they are marketing to an audience that doesn't exist well I've also have a product that doesn't help nobody so uh, I think that's that's a great way of thinking about it um, where can our listeners uh find more find more information learn more about you Leonard or find uh, geek house in general so geek house we are online our website is gogeekhouse.com so that's go G-E-E-K, and then house, we spell a little bit differently. We spell it H-A-U-S. So it's spelled the German way, got a German background. So, you know, 
Got to get that good German engineering in there. <laughs> Love it. We'll post. We'll post that for sure. Uh, we've covered a good amount of. I feel like a good amount of material. Is there anything I didn't ask you today, Leonard, that I should have? I think we could have a whole other conversation, but anything specific? No, I think we had everything as a great foundation for someone looking to build their brand, especially in the professional service space. Love it. And I'll leave, I'll leave it. I'll leave us here on this. When you are not marketing, branding, getting media attention for your many clients, what are you doing to, I'll, I'll let you choose, either unwind and relax, or how do you stay up to date and current on what uh, is getting eyeballs onto people's brands and companies? Uh, let me rapid fire answer both of those. Nice. So my personal time, uh, I I absolutely love. And I like to do what's called protected weekends, which is where I don't do anything other than spend time for myself. Um, essentially no work. And so I can often be found on the beach. That is definitely a love of, of my personal time. And then uh, the second question that you had there, uh, remind me what that was again. How you stay sharp on what you are working with on your clients. So there are great newsletters that are distributed. And so you can search for certain newsletters that keep you up to beat on certain tech news if you're a tech fanatic or real estate news if you're a real estate fanatic. And I subscribe to a few of those, uh, none in particular, but a handful of those. And that gives me some of my you know, ear to the ground listening about what's trending. But the other side of that is that I'm in a press strategy meeting with my team every single week. So across the clients, I get a really good idea of the news cycle and what's going on, but I'm definitely not flicking through CNN. It's not required. <laughs> Nicely done. I've never heard the term protected weekends. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you and you know, no one's going to argue with you headed to the beach either. So uh, very well done. Uh, Leonard, thank you for joining us. This has been a ton of fun. We'll post all the information in, in the show notes and I look forward to doing this again. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Appreciate it.